Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey there, sluts, whores, virgins, and poly people. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. I'm I'm pretty sick. I might have strep. Not sure. So we're gonna we're gonna try to keep this short up top. My my throat's feeling too not so great. Uh, to your new listeners, uh, I'm not always sick, and, and when I'm not sick, this is the show where every week I chat with uh, ladies from my past love life about sex, dating, sexuality, gender, love, relationships, and all those ushy-gushy awesome things. For my old listeners, welcome back again. Uh, th- first, again, you know, I'm feeling shitty, I'm sick, and all that jazz, but thank you to everyone who's, who's been saying hi and nice things to me on Twitter. Always warms my heart to hear especially the people who, who saw that today that I'm sick and not feeling well and were, were tweeting at me their, <laughs> their advice, uh, gargling all sorts of combinations of things. Some of them I don't think are probably productive. Uh, one said mix hydrogen peroxide with something else. I'm pretty sure if you put hydrogen peroxide in your mouth, it kills you. So that might be one listener who, uh, you know, who wants me dead. And to that I say you could just leave a one-star review on iTunes less lethal and i think that'd get your anger out <laughs> uh hope everyone's weekends were awesome uh mine was pretty good until i got sick had, had some dates had some lady meetups was productive sent out some man whore podcast condoms that was great don't forget if you want your own man whore podcast condom all you gotta do real simple go over to itunes and make sure you're subscribed to the show then write, take a screenshot of you writing a review. It can be positive, it can be negative. I don't care, I just want it to be honest. Take a screenshot of that. Email me over at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Send the screenshot and your mailing address, and I'll send you your very own Manwhore Podcast condom. FDA approved. Uh, they work. Normal sized. Whatever normal is. Just a standard issue condom. They're pretty great. Uh, shout out to Branson for the designs on those. Uh, some fun things. I, I was on recently Keith and the Girl, which is a very fun, popular comedy podcast uh, with Keith and Hamda. That was a fun time. I recorded it right before I got sick, and that was great. And then it came out on Tuesday. So if you want to check that out, just go on over to keithandthegirl.com. Check out episode 2037, uh, rightfully titled Man Whore. I'm also with uh, the very funny Ray DeVito, who was also a guest on that episode. Super fun. We talked about the show. We talked about ethical man whoring. Talked about the Exo Jane article, along with some other fun topics and such. Oh, I should all go check that out. Uh, I've got some dates, some dates, people. If you want to come see me live, I will hopefully not be this sick on Sunday. <laughs> uh, on Sunday, August 24th, I will be at Levity Live at the 7 p.m. show called Miked Up. It's a $5 cover. It's over in the, in the Palisades Mall in West Nyack, New York. So you live in Jersey the, or, or Westchester, Rockland County, maybe even New York City. Come on out. That, that'll be a fun time. Pretty cheap night out. And, and you get to see, see the whore do his thing. Say his comedy words out loud. I'll also be uh, telling some jokes in New York City. So far, I've got uh, this one show I want to promote is the Awuga Comedy Hour, my friend Andrew Taven's show at The Pit, uh, the People's Improv Theater on uh, East 24th Street. 
That's on Wednesday, September 17th at 9.30 p.m. Uh, the deal with that one is it's, it's $8 online, $10 at the door. But if you have a student ID or if you have an old student ID, the cover is just $1. Go dig up your old, your old thing. Come on out uh, on September 17th. Check out the Awuga Comedy Hour. It'll be a fun time. We'll have a drink afterwards. Okay, uh, just so I can go straight. I just want to get straight to the show. Uh, this week's guest is Kat, and this might be one of my favorite episodes. Oh, my God. Uh, she left, and I just felt mind blown whole time. Uh, Kat is, is a girl I met at NYU my junior year. It was her freshman year. She was just this really cute chick with a, with a you know, I listen to rock music haircut, right? We, we had one night of, of some fun, nothing too heavy. She made me climb my fire escape, scared the shit out of me. Uh, I only lived on the second floor, but I don't like heights. And she insisted, oh, we should go out to the fire escape. I'm like, I want to look cool. So I, I followed her out, but Christ, I was not having fun. Uh, but I'm sure she was feeling like Jack. She's like, I'm on top of the world. And that hurt my, my poor old throat. Okay, I'm going to shut my face. Just know Kat is like a dope-ass chick, uh, a boss-ass bitch, and all sorts of other things that rappers say in their songs to describe uh, phenomenal women. The topics range from uh, Burning Man to Tantra sex work, as well as uh, body hair and the ladies' time of the month. In a way, you probably have never heard of it before. Uh, super interesting stuff. Check out the show. I'm going to go gargle some, some salt water and debate, uh, how much it's worth it to me to hurt myself by eating some fried chicken. Okay. Here's the show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Let's get right. I don't even know where to start. There's a lot. All of this stuff that I have, like the, the, the few things I have here that I know I'd want to ask about. I know I'm gonna. I know nothing. Great, um, Kat. Kat, you. Um, how how would you describe yourself? That might help. <laughs> how would I describe myself? That's a big question. Um, I would describe myself as someone who is searching in a way that I'm constantly seeking to learn about myself. Mm-hmm. Farther away. Okay, good. Um, constantly seeking to learn about myself and about this world. Um, adventurous, curious. Um, intense. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a pretty intense person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, how would I describe myself in more of like a concrete way? Right now, I have no idea. Let's talk. Uh, you want to aim at aim the mic? Aim at the mic. Okay. Yeah. I can handle that. <laughs> so you got. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm like very expressive all the time. So that's all. <laughs> so I'll do my best. <laughs> so uh, how about this? Let's start with right now. You work doing tantra. 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 Yeah. Tantra. Already learning. I've been mispronouncing I had to it for that years. Too. Yeah. I always said Tantra. And then someone was like, it's actually te- technically it's Tantra with a uh, kind of uh, rolled R. Okay. Tantra. 
But um, I don't go so far as to actually pronounce it that way. Okay. Because it seems a little pretentious. But now, so, sometimes I have to play dumb because I have to pretend that I'm. I got someone's got to be the listener. So, um, cat. What's what's tantra? What's tantra? What what is this <laughs> this thing? That is an excellent question, and I feel that um, people define it differently everyone defines it a little bit differently Mm -hmm. it's kind of taken on a new life um in this kind of neo-tantra movement but traditionally tantra is an ancient spiritual discipline from india Mm -hmm. um and it was the sacred path of union it is the sacred path of union and what was so kind of monumental about it was that rather than feeling like you had to remove yourself from the world in order to reach the divine. It was all about using the world, going into the world, going into duality. You know, They have the divine masculine, the divine feminine, knowing that there is the beyond, but also we live in a world where duality exists. Um, so really playing with that and connecting with that and seeking to unite with that. Um, and traditionally, only 15% of the scriptures are actually sexual in well, any wh- way. Which, uh, which scriptures? Well, the Tantra <coughs> scriptures, I guess, is what you would call it. Um, like the ancient texts that were written about how to practice um, this specific way of reaching the divine, whatever we want to call that. Okay. Um, is this like the whole oneness, like we all can be divine type of thing? Yeah, or? I mean, I would... I, def- I read the Da Vinci Code. Oh, okay. oh yeah, you're right there. You're right there. <laughs> we're doing great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone defines the divine in their own way. I've definitely spent a lot of time being triggered by the word God, and now I can use it because I know my understanding of that word, uh-huh. but it's not a word I like throw around out into the public because I think there's a connotation that really comes with it. <clears throat> but um, for me, the divine is just that which we can't explain and that which connects all of us. Um I don't know which language system that we use is the correct one, whether it's science and we talk about dark matter or whether it's Christianity. And, we, you know, I think it's all these different language systems really talking about the same thing. Um, there are things that we don't know. There are things that connect us. We might be able to find some things out about them um, through scientific rigor or intense spiritual discipline, meditation, reflection. Um, but there's something that's more powerful than I am, in my view. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just the Big Bang, something created us. I okay. think we can maybe agree on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? There's uh, many things, people uh, higher than I am. Uh, yeah. but that's maybe just my low self-esteem. That could oh, be just no. it. <laughs> um, so, so Tantra, what, so what is it that I'm trying to be as authentic with that R as possible? Yeah. So, what is, uh, so what, how do you practice Tantra? So as a profession, of, yeah, as a profession, um, essentially, I I would, you know, I use tantric techniques, and I use that word because it's kind of a a buzzword that people know, and yeah. I'm like, hey, I, I do one on one tantra sessions, um, but really, it's just bringing people into conscious sexuality and mm. sensuality, and um, guiding people through really being in their bodies and that's what tantra is about as well traditionally it's about learning how to be present and through presence that's how we are you know that's how we heal that's how we transform so you can have a tantric experience with a tree or with a cup if you're really present with you know feeling what does that water feel like when you drink it and so i then guide people through that process doing that with another person um namely me um i don't yeah, namely me. So um, really just kind of 
giving them a couple little brain flips on how to approach sexuality and sensuality um, and guiding them through the process of breathing, actually being in their body, not being goal-oriented about, oh, I have to orgasm or I have to climax, you know, just Mm. being present with all of the sensations that they're feeling. Um, And then also, ideally, you know, I don't often get clients that really, really want to work in this way, but there are some other techniques that I like to use to actually release some blocks that people have towards fully expressing their sexuality. You know, I think we live in a society and culture where sex is still really taboo, even Mm -hmm. though it's everywhere. And you know that because you're doing this podcast. Um, And there's a lot of shame and guilt surrounding sexuality. And I feel like a lot of the work that I'm trying to do is to heal that and to guide people through that process of healing that, of giving themselves permission to feel pleasure. Yeah. You know? So have you, have you worked with like some, uh, do you work with men and women or just primarily men? Primarily men. I'm open to working with women. I've worked with, I've had two sessions where women have come in, um, Mm -hmm. and it was awesome where I was like, yay, it happened. (laughs) Um, but I do feel that the places I'm working at right now are a little bit more heavily marketed towards men. Most of, most of those things. And I mean, I don't want you to take offense if I put it under the umbrella of a form of sex work. It is. A, maybe a higher consciousness yeah. form of sex work. But, uh, you know, it's primarily a male yeah, I feel great about that. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Don't want to upset. No, I think it's, um, it was actually a really powerful moment when I owned, like, I'm a sex worker. Right. And I'm totally okay with that. And I'm comfortable with that. And I'm proud of that. Um, and that's another thing that I want to do is kind of end the stigma that comes with being a sex worker. Right. Yeah. You know? I'm a pretty badass woman. Well, you <laughs> you look like a badass woman. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to upset you. Yeah. You are. She's got this awesome tattoo on her arm. Uh, I couldn't tell right away if it was paint or if it was dried wax, but it's awesome. It's got these birds with these. Just it looks like paint strokes of various colors. It's just this uh, lovely little art piece uh, running up the the arm. Yeah, and thank you. you also look like you might sock a dude if he says the wrong thing. <laughs> Yeah, I've been, uh, I'm fierce, definitely. I I think um, really mainly what the work, I mean, mainly, there's so many different variations of the work that I do, and uh-huh. I think part of it is really me just showing up as a powerful embodied woman, uh-huh. you know, um, having clear boundaries, being willing to say no, uh, being willing to take on the role of the mother and also take on the role of the destroyer of like, no, 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 that's not okay here, and that's not how you treat a woman. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really the service mainly that I'm doing and also, you know, giving my pleasure to them as well and being present. You know, it's not just I'm giving and they're receiving. It's like we are creating this moment together. Hi, I just met you. You walked into this room and we can feel love. You know, we can actually create love in this space by being present and by being vulnerable and allowing ourselves to be intimate with one another. Right. And I think that's... People run around and they think they're craving sex. They think they're craving the pleasure, Mm -hmm. but they're craving intimacy and they're not getting it because they don't know how to cultivate it. No one's taught us that. We don't have elders that teach us how to connect with someone from sexuality. Um, And I think that's some of the work that I'm doing as well. Like, how can you actually connect with the person that you're with rather than just get off? Yeah. They're different. Yeah. Change the, make it less goal oriented and be like, this is about the journey. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I was talking with comics last, I was at the, the comic strip, uh, before the show and, and I was hanging out with some comics and we're talking about like, you know, it was like a bunch of dudes and they're talking about getting laid. And then, you know, I was like, it, I, I, I do well, surprisingly. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, but 
my goal's never been to get laid. Like if I'm talking to, if I go on a date or if I meet, if I'm talking to a girl, I'm not figuring out like, oh, how can I fuck her? Yeah. And then, so I tell him like, you gotta not, the goal's gotta not be to get laid, but also it has to be genuinely that. Yeah. It can't be that you're doing like fake double think where you're like, oh, I'm just gonna like act like, so you're playing hard to get. It's gotta be from a genuine place that if you were to, let's say, go home with the girl and you only make out a little bit and then she left that if she leaves and you're upset, then you're still focused on that goal where it's like, I didn't come the fuck, right? It's got to be about like that experience. It's got to be like, we're just going to have a really good time, whatever that good time is. Yeah. And being super, and that's where the presence comes in, you know, being aware enough and present enough with yourself and with the person that you're with in that moment to, yeah, allow whatever wants to happen to happen and not Mm -hmm. to have that attachment to some sort of outcome. Um, So, yeah. That's kind of what I'm teaching. Yeah. One man at a time. Slowly. And now I want to also move into uh, doing... I just did my first workshop, um, which is new for me. I've taught workshops before, but never on Tantra and conscious sexuality. Um, So kind of reaching a wider audience Mm -hmm. and... Also, just well, you uh, taught a workshop. Yeah, I taught a oh, workshop okay. just recently. What's what's like a workshop entail? Um, well, it's different for everyone. The one that I taught, you know, I kind of just talked, answered the questions you just asked about what is tantra, and I went through how it started and also how it's kind of become known now and this neo tantra, which uses tantric techniques, but it's not really grounded, grounded in the discipline. It's a little bit out of context, um, but still very useful for the end game of healing the sexual ills of our society mm-hmm. um talked about that and then guided some people through meditations and i would say activations or just like getting people to give themselves permission to sound to breathe to feel pleasure from just being right because um, that's available to us all the time um and then yeah just kind of taught people a couple little tricks the one about you know not being um focused on the orgasm, focused on an end goal, staying present with what's happening. Another was, um, another tenant. There's like little things that I teach people. What was the other one? Now I'm forgetting it. You'll have to edit this out. Um, oh, touching people in a way that you want to touch them, not in a way that you feel they want to be touched. It's like the sexual golden rule. Touch others the way you'd wish you'd no, be touched. No, it's not even the way you wish you'd be touched. It's genuinely the way that you want to touch them. So basically everyone is responsible for their own pleasure mm-hmm. um, rather than thinking that, okay, now this partner that I have or this you know new person that I've met, he's going to be the one to give me an orgasm. He's going to be the one. And it's like, no, we're all responsible for our own pleasure. So if both partners show up in a way where they're focused on pleasing themselves within that space what it does is it drops you out of your head it seems counterintuitive because mm-hmm. everyone's always taught you like take care of your partner take care of your partner right. hopefully you genuinely want to <clears throat> um but only doing things that's where you hear like follow your bliss and it sounds super woo woo but it's like follow super your woo-woo. pleasure super woo woo i love that yeah <laughs> super <laughs> woo woo um but yeah, just following your own pleasure in a space and it drops you out of your head rather than being like, oh, I hope this feels good for them. You know, you can really just be in your body and doing what feels good for you. And if both people show up in that way, it's uh, magic. Magic is created. So a little couple tweaks like that, a couple meditations. Um, it was really short, sweet and simple, super intro level. 
Um, but it felt good to kind of be able to reach this wider audience mm-hmm. and have more of a platform for working for, with women, which I feel is also necessary, but totally different work than working with men. Where do you advertise for this type of thing that you're getting this wider audience <laughs> you're talking about? Because I feel like the, you know, your average Joe is, is thinking that it's just a bunch of people in a circle masturbating. Maybe. Right. Yeah, but you like, have to be specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was actually just at like a burner party. Okay. Um, so it was a party that was already happening and it was totally a PG, um, like there was clothes on yeah. totally. Um, so that just kind of happened. And also when I advertise for more workshop type things, I'll do it on Facebook. It'll be my friends. Okay. Um, one-on-one <laughs> things, I advertise on places like Backpage. Right. Um, Eros, if I could get enough money to drop for that real quick <laughs> but it, uh, eros is a, is one of uh, several sites that for those listening is a place where sex workers can do they do like validation no yeah or, i think it's a little more secure yeah it's um, one, it's like also like a client 401 things like that yeah and back page is really just like you pay 15 <coughs> bucks you post your ad and you are totally responsible for yeah. who you let into your world from then on um but I like screening my own clients. I like talking to people. Right now, I'm um, working out of spaces, so I don't really have that control. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to move into right. slowly but surely. Yeah, so yeah. I've done it before, and then I got lazy. So, yeah. And I travel so much. But now it's time to kind of root down and really like, take control of my practice mm-hmm. and hone exactly what it is that I'm trying to offer to the planet. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sounds, it sounds genuine. It sounds real. It sounds awesome. It, 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 you know, because there's so many girls like on, there'll be like a cute 22 year old on Backpage who just throws the word tantrum so she yeah. can charge an extra $100 for that hour. But it's really just her rubbing her, the person's back and their legs and then jerks them off at the end. Whereas in like, this seems more like an experience than what's kind of supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, there's, like I said, there's all varying forms of it. And it really depends on who the client is that walks through the door. Because um, you kind of have to meet them where they're at. Yeah. So if that's all they want, that's what they're going to get. Um, it's going to be awesome. They're going to love it. It's still <laughs> totally valid and important, yeah. you know. I, I just read somewhere, I forget what country it is, but they, um, or state, I want to say, but they legalized prostitution and the incidence of rape went way down. Oh, did you read the Jim Norton Time Magazine piece by chance? Um, I don't Ro- well, Rhode Island accidentally Rhode Island. Okay. Yes, decriminalized indoor prostitution. Okay. Basically, it was a law where it, it got rid of, like, you couldn't solicit on the street. And that act, the way it was written, it kind of accidentally allowed a brothel. And Great. yeah, and their <laughs> incidents of rape and, and whatnot went down for that time period until they were like, oh shit, we got to outlaw it. And yeah. 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 I mean, I think all sex work is valid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. Like all of it. I don't. If we could have a place where like every, like a brothel and they all had this, these are from Amsterdam when oh, I was yeah, in Amsterdam. Yeah. Like, so when I was in the red, went to the red light district yeah. and I interviewed a girl and they have, these were available, not just to the women who are working, but to all the Johns who come in, yeah. you know, and they were in various languages. So it's like, if we could have a place where it's like, we had information for the women and the men and safety, you know, I, yeah. in, in all the booths and all the bedrooms in the red light district, oh. there's this big red button. And if she feels unsafe, 
smacks it and there's a dude showing up yeah you know well, johnny's I, coming in and be like hey what's going on is this okay fuck out. yeah and, and then she she you know she joked the the sex worker who i interviewed for the show she jokingly said i've only had to hit it twice most of the time it's the men they accidentally hit it huh. at a sheer pleasure awesome <laughs> yeah i mean i do want to actually clarify what i said and say yeah. all consensual oh sex work, of course you know? yes I, of course, course we know that yeah but just I don't want people to get confused. No, like, I, I think legalization will will bring down trafficking. Just like if you legalize pot, uh, for example, you're going to have less yeah. drug dealers on the street. Totally. Because it's legal. You can just, oh, he could open up a dispensary. You yeah. Know? I mean, we can all agree that human trafficking is never okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like human trafficking is not okay. Forcing anyone to do anything with their body is not okay. I also think telling someone that they can't do something with their body is not okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would call more for a decriminalization and that's what I think the, like what sex workers really feel would happen. I, you know, I am hesitant to have it super, super regulated. Um, but well, they're not, they're not going to decriminalize something like that without getting their cut, you know? And, and, Sort of rightfully so. You got to pay. Everyone pays a tax in the country, and so I guess just, I hear that. And, and if anything, that you know, if a sex worker, if a if a if a prostitute has to pay tax on her work, that almost legitimizes her job to everyone even more. Because hey, I pay taxes just like you, Mister Banker. Totally, totally. Well, not and, really a banker. He's yeah. barely paying taxes, well, but that's a whole yeah, different, that's <laughs> a whole different yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that is something I'm, I'm working towards as well as, you know, legitimizing this work through being the example of someone who does it, who also has her head on her shoulders, mm-hmm. who has thought about it, is conscious, came from a good family, has a yeah. college education. Yeah. Like I break has, you know, has had partners, has partners like supportive of the work that I do. It's like every stereotype that I've heard people throw at me, I stand in the face of and I'm I literally am the embodiment of not that stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, do your do the parents know what you do? And they do. They're all cool. They know the lifestyle, you, the Burning Man stuff. They're all yeah. like, yeah. I mean, they Where are they on board? Are supportive of my happiness. Okay. I wouldn't say they understand why I'm doing. They what sound I like do. my father when I said yeah. I wanted to do stand up. He's like, I'm going to support you. I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> um, and that's kind of where I got them to. I literally spent a year very slowly coming out about the work that I did and just uh, kind of plugging little bits of information here and there. Like it was so calculated. And then at the end of that year, I had this big conversation with them about, you know, sex and kind of the ills of this country and explain all of this stuff to them. And then at the end of that conversation, when I got them on board with the idea that like this needed to be healed and that there were options and there were women who did these certain types of work and kind of got them like, yeah, that's the thing that should happen and like broke their head in that way. Then I was like, and that's the work that I do, you know? So it was like, I kind of... Did you start it off with like, listen, my friend does this work and it's just such important work. Did not you- exactly, <laughs> but a little bit where I was just like, yeah, you know, I've been really like reading about these things. And <laughs> and then slowly, like really a year of just like opening the door, opening the door, like watching their heads and then waiting until they got to the point that I thought, you know, even though they didn't, weren't going to get it, that they could receive it. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, my mom is really both of them are just a little bit concerned about the safety aspect of it. Of course. That's what it comes down to. And they're like, I think what you're doing is really important. Kind of wish it wasn't you that was doing it. I want you to be safe and I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I feel safe. I've I've only ever like the woman you were talking about said I've only ever had to kick two people out. Okay. Um, and they were just dicks, and they had to go. And yeah. I was like, you got to get the fuck out, you know. Like, but other than that, like my clients are pretty awesome in varying degrees of how much they're willing to actually be vulnerable and open themselves to me and be present, but respectful. Okay. You know? They take no, so that's really all I can ask for. All right, all right. Yeah. So you're also uh, in this. Uh, so what, what I loved about is before the show. Again, I always, I don't know why I'm looking at no one. Um, I also look at no one because it helps me focus. So we can all look at no one in the same space. It's great. no one, but it's everyone. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. No. Um, you know, before the show, I asked questions like, "Oh, you know, what's your relationship status? What, what, you know, what do we? What's our sexual orientation? What gender do we identify as, etc." And I going into this, I knew I was like, "I'm gonna get lovely, awesome, vague answers from Kat." Yeah. And, um, so, so you know, you said uh, relationship status, open. What's you use partner? You don't say girlfriend, boyfriend. What? What's? Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I will say girlfriend, boyfriend sometimes, but I do generally like partner, and I think uh-huh. that that comes back to kind of being an ally um, to homosexual couples who Mm -hmm. say partner. Um, And just in general, I like it being a little bit more vague. And I don't know, it just feels better. I haven't spent too much time thinking about that one, but I feel like ideally my partner is my partner. But you just do one partner? No. Um, Super poly. I was dating... Super poly. Super poly, poly I guess. Yeah, poly plus. (laughs) Um, basically I, I'm open, like I'm not attached to having more than one partner at a time, but I'm open to it. I'm open to love in all forms and I'm open to serious radical communication, Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that things feel good for everyone. One of my friends calls it ethical non-monogamy. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. And I love that, you know, the way you said it, I think you said, uh, not, um, did you say not obsessed with overly attached to having more than one partner oh yeah yeah i i in the same way people don't understand because i identify as polyamorous but i don't obsess um they're like oh so you just need i was like no dude it's like i don't know if i have a girlfriend i have a girlfriend but i i like to know that i know that my love works that i might fall in love with With another person at the same time it may overlap um but you know like i'm sure you've run into some of these people that you know there's there's poly people who go to poly events and they just talk about being poly. Like, yeah. and, and they're upset. Like, they get the they get a partner and they're like, I need another one. I'd be like, I don't know. Why don't you go? Let's, why don't you just go enjoy and stop trying to find more? And yeah. Build the- <laughs> and I feel like that's, that's like things everywhere. You know, there's people who practice things well and there's people who are practicing things for maybe some unconscious reasons that they're not privy to. Yeah. Um, and for me, poly is more of an identity where even if I'm dating no one, you know, if I'm dating no one, I'm still poly, mm-hmm. you know, um, if I'm dating one person, one man, um, still dating a poly, man yeah. now, still poly. Um, I was in a, a trio relationship, which is a fun adventure into trying new things. And uh, it was a man and a woman and all three of us were dating and that worked for a little bit and then it didn't work yeah. anymore um and not because it was three people just it happened to not yeah. be the right you know i mean thing. i think They're- three can be a really beautiful dynamic and it can be really difficult so i'm not close to that being a dynamic that i exist in at another point in my life mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know i view it as an like yeah like an orientation it's something that i am 
it's how I identify and I could be monogamous and still be, like I can be in an exclusive relationship. I'm still a poly- polyamorous person. Yeah. It still means I can love multiple people. And that's um that's really the difference too is people kind of conflate open relationships with being polyamorous. Yeah. Polyamorous and you know the word itself means multiple loves, loves. Yeah. You know, and there are so like I'm just learning the many 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 variations of loving relationships that you can have whether they're sexual or non-sexual. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, we're all poly. I love my mom, I love my dad, I love my brother, I love my friends. I like, we all exist like people get kind of freaked out by the term, but we all exist in a somewhat polyamorous state whether we choose to love more than one romantic partner Mm -hmm. um is a question or have more than one sexual partner at a time whether we're doing whether we're having more than one sexual partner in a more physical way or like really in a way of like cultivating deep 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 intimacy like there's so many variations and i'm learning more and more and more really what's possible um with loving and having communication you know i joke about my roommate being my platonic life partner i just made him my emergency contact yesterday you know like he's it's a big step like yeah like <laughs> you know and like for some people they'd be like well why aren't you dating or why aren't like this or that like why aren't you having sex why aren't, like but that's what works for us yeah you know and like i don't know i love 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 love, love. In all forms yeah it seems to be something that keeps coming up sometimes with with people and I won't say the community because various communities, but like, you know, we had Jefferson on and uh, we've had other people in kind of in that world. And it's about loving love. That's yeah. Loving love. That's what it's about. And communication. Communication is communication huge. huge. And I mean, I am oh. a baby when it comes to communication. And I'm so thankful to my current partner for really like pushing that and pushing that and pushing me to be better, be better, oh. be better, be better. And, um, I think a lot of miscommunication comes from people not being able, to, not knowing themselves, not knowing what they really want. Or being scared of, of what communicating is going to be or how it's uncomfortable. I mean, I, I went to, they know, but I went to my first like sex party. I've been the group thing. I've never been gone like, with a date to like a party party. Okay. So we went to Hacienda on Saturday and I, she's never been anything, never done anything in this world. So I had to do some prep on communication. I was like, listen, we're going together. This is like a thing where like, we got to talk right now. You know, I know it's unsexy and it's un- not fun, but like, we got to like talk about like our boundaries and rules like before we go. And then while we're there, there needs to be communication. And yeah. even afterwards, you want to have a debrief, you know, yeah. it's all, it's, it's not always sexy, but it's necessary. See, I would switch it. I think it is sexy, oh? you know? And I think that's like, let's be real too. Like sex sells. So like, let's make all these good things sexy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is like, if someone is willing and able to communicate with me about themselves, about what they want, about what they need, about their desires, about their fantasies, about, you know, all of these things like that is sexy to me. Um, I'm attracted to people's minds and mm-hmm. I'm attracted to people's hearts and, yeah, it's so important to even like, you know, being poly and going into the festival world to before you go. Like, like Burning Man? Yeah, Burning Man okay. or, you know, some of the smaller regional burns. Like, you know, those are always big events where there's a lot of sexy people around and a lot of people that you love and care about around. And like, you know, if you're going with someone, what are those expectations of how you're going to act? Setting some ground rules, you know, having a bit of a framework I would say is important of like, okay, so now we're in this world. How, 
how do we agree to act together in this world? Making agreements, you know, clear agreements, mm -hmm. I feel is so important so that everyone knows that like this is what we've agreed to and any feelings that arise within that, being willing to own them and hold them and process them unless someone breaks an explicit agreement, you know, and then that's a whole new issue. Where yeah. It's like you went against our word. Um, yeah, I mean, there's... I wouldn't say I'm not jealous. I wouldn't say that I'm perfect, but being willing to, I'm really focusing and working on being willing to examine and break down um, my own reactions to certain things and figure out where they're coming from inside of me rather than, you know, asking someone to change their behavior mm. unless their behavior really warrants changing, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, have you read The Ethical Slot? I actually haven't. It's it's awesome. Uh, it's, uh, but they have this whole big, thick chapter on jealousy. Okay. Because it's all about, <clears throat> you know, the action, like, you know, sleeping with another person or whatever. It's not the behavior that makes you jealous. There's something inside of you. It's like, okay, well, I'm feeling jealous. Why am I feeling jealous? Yeah. Now, unless it's a, like you said, a behavior that warrants changing, it's more like, okay, I'm feeling jealous that he talk to that girl while we were at a party together. What's this? But we never said he couldn't. So yeah. what does it say about me? It's, you know, and, and then you examine that and then you go communicate that with your partner to say, Hey, I was feeling jealous. This is where it was coming from. Here's where I'm at now. Yeah. Here's where I need to share with you. Here's where I've gotten to. Um, I think timing is really important. You know, if someone's like, if your partner's talking to someone over there and you march over and you're like, I'm feeling <laughs> jealous right now. Like, I don't really think that's the best way to handle it. You know, um, people could disagree with that. That's my opinion. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, for me, I really feel that jealousy comes from some sort of insecurity and there's nothing wrong with being insecure. You know, we're all a little bit insecure about things. We're, I'm, I think the goal is to be totally secure and we all have varying levels of being secure. Um, but I do think when we are jealous of something or someone, it's because it points to something that we either want or that, you know, we feel that we're lacking and really delving into that. Like, okay, what do I feel that I'm lacking? And rather than being upset with that person, like, working to cultivate that thing within yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. It's really just about taking over and over again personal responsibility. I think that's what Polly really pushes people to, not to say that you can't have that with monogamy. Um, you know, it's really about the people rather than the framework. Monogamy is hard for me to totally comprehend mm. because I have trouble feeling like it's appropriate to squelch my love in order to prove my love for right. someone um but if that's what feels good to people i ain't gonna tell you otherwise yeah um so long as you just don't tell us that we can't yeah that's all. exactly that's kind of usually my stance where yeah. i'm like if you're not hurting someone and that's what the burner community really points to too it's like radical self-expression as long as you don't fuck someone's debt well so <laughs> you don't hurt someone um, consent is a huge thing as like well. Like, he was like, don't fuck someone today. He's like, oh, uh, well, someone, no, listen, you, you take a little acid, day, yeah. you might accidentally yeah. run and be like, whoa! Like, and then, you can <laughs> fuck someone's dip. It's like, you have the right to act however you want, and I have the right to think you're a total asshole for right. it. I don't have the right to stop you from doing it. I can sit there and think you're an asshole and yell at you maybe or something, but 
in the end of the day, I support your ability to express yourself. I support your right to be a total asshole. Yeah, I support <laughs> you in being an asshole. Exactly. <laughs> Should make a bumper sticker I that make a an ton of money. Yeah. So we'll go halves on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. We'll invest. <laughs> cool. Um, so the Burning Man community, like how how how's a nice Jersey? Uh, can I say Jersey? Yeah, Jersey. How's how's a nice Jersey girl like a you nice girl. goes to NYU get, get caught up in the whole Burning Man? Let's go into a desert and and Burning Man, Burning Man. I love Burning Man. I've never heard someone say oh, who goes regularly and say I hate Burning Man. Yeah, I mean, how did I get caught up? I got caught up, actually. Okay. Um, okay. So we're just going to cut that uh, out. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, Burning Man and that whole community is a radical experiment in what it can be like when we come together with the intention of creation and expression rather than profit. Um, what is Burning Man is free, correct? To no. go To go to? No? No. Oh, okay. So there is, like, I'm not going to sit here and think that Burning Man is the one right way and that there's... There's so much hypocrisy. Okay. I mean, there's a Burning Man organization. There is, like, I'm pretty sure the word decommodification is a trademark at this point. Like, weird, 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 weird shit okay. um, about the organization of Burning Man. It's huge. It's 70,000 okay. people at this point. Okay. I didn't know you had to pay to go. I just thought it cost money, like, because you have to get all your oh, shit. Oh, no, you pay to go. Oh, okay. Um, I was but they have aware. to get, I mean, realistically, they was have to get Was it per camp or per person? Per person. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. How, how, much, how much is it to go to Burning Man? I want to say it's like three something for a whole week. 300 something? 380 maybe. You can also get low income, and then that's like one ninety. Okay. Um, so I mean, it's like a festival. Yeah, that's way cheaper year, than going to fucking. Yeah. Yeah. The first year I was kind of pissed about it, and then I got there, and I realized, you know, like permits and all the things that they do have to do in order to create the space and keep, you know, the surrounding area appeased. And, logistics. Yeah, there's logistics. Um, ideal world, it'd be free. Ideal world, everything would be free, and we would not live with this weird construction of money but that's not the world we live in so things cost money but um i'm definitely never afraid to also see the darkness well i won't say never afraid sometimes i forget and i get afraid but (coughs) in general i try to make it a point and cultivate my ability to also see the darkness within things and like burning man you can easily idealize it but there's a lot of shit that's fucked up with it okay and i'm comfy in saying that but you know, for one week out of every year, Black Rock City is the third largest city in Nevada. It goes Las Vegas, Reno, Black Rock City. It's a city. Um, so like any city, there are the bad seeds. You know, there are the people who are going to get really fucked up. There are the people who come in just for the weekend from the surrounding area just to, like, party their faces off until they can't even see anymore. Um, there are people who are sad and want to hurt other people whether it's conscious or unconscious Mm -hmm. um so that exists out there it's all out there um luckily i haven't had too much experience with that part of things um but it totally exists you know it's like there's a seedy underbelly of any city what's your favorite part of uh of burning man favorite or your favorite thing to do 
I know if I say your favorite part, I'm going to get this lovely, beautiful, existential yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. But tangibly, like, what's, like, your favorite thing to do at Burning Man? I feel like probably one of my favorite memories at Burning Man was when my friend looked at me and was like, hey, uh, you want to go hang out with some of my friends from Boston? We're all going to take acid, and we're going to march the playa. I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. So a couple of us The playa up. being the desert. Yeah, the playa being the desert. And so, like, there's kind of the surrounding camp area, and then the center yeah. is really, the, really, really the playa. The whole thing's the playa. Yeah. But, and there's just art everywhere. So taking acid and romping around the playa sounds great. Um, people ride bikes all the time. And he was like, we're going to walk. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're going to do it. Um, and then we get over to this camp with his friends, and it turns out that it's this thing they do once a year called the Death March, and there's like 150, I kid you not, like 100 to 150 people. And everyone drops acid and then starts marching together. And slowly, like, everything, just, like, everyone just became this huge amorphous blob of one way of thinking. Um, and it was super strange and intense. And everyone's tripping balls. And there's hundreds of us. And we would just descend on place after place after place and scream things and pretty much just bring chaos wherever we went. And that's what uh-huh. it became, where we were just this hundred person roving troop of people who were tripping balls and bringing chaos everywhere. And Constructive chaos? Yeah. Uh, Chaos is always constructive, kind of. Even when it's destroying. Yeah, I think destruction (laughs) is important um, in order to rebuild. You know who else said that? Ra's al Ghul. And uh, he tried to burn Gotham down. So, So, you know. Just just saying. I do like the Joker. (laughs) It's like someone that I like. So, yeah, chaos. Take Take away the rules. Yeah, just see what happens. But I don't actually live there entirely, but I have some leanings towards that uh direction okay so yeah uh, what i love about you know the burners i meet i love the burner names your burner name is candy lion where 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 on earth did you get candy where lion on earth? in pennsylvania um i had a friend we were kind of co- trying to come up before my first year with a name and people were saying things and someone was just like candy lion and it just hit me and i was like that's my name it's my name. So I feel like a lot of people are just given the name and it just, uh-huh. you know, it sticks. Something sticks and they can change. A lot of people just call me Lion now. It, I don't really often introduce myself as Candy Lion, um, but it definitely, definitely. I was prepared to have to call you Candy. I practiced. No. I was like, she might say I have to call her Candy the whole time. Okay, no. I'm ready. I can do that. <laughs> no, Candy Lion. It's a, uh, it, I feel like the more people get to know me, the more it makes sense. Like, and it's all natural candy, like candy from the earth, like right, ginger right, right. candy. Of course, it would know? be and no sugar. Yeah, it, would, uh, it, would it be might have sugar, for, but no. it definitely has sugar. But no saccharin, sweet, blah, weird food coloring, just like of the earth candy. And you might get it at like Trader right. Joe's, but you can't get it at like a Rite Aid. No. I understand. Yeah, yeah. exactly, totally. exactly that. So. <laughs> Yeah, Trader it. Joe's candy line. <laughs> <laughs> We've come up with so many business plans so far. So many. Uh, if, <laughs> uh, I we you, I think we have a mutual friend, Elena. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tiger yeah. Lily. Tiger right? Lily. Tiger Lily. Another awesome. Yeah. Uh, we were trying to figure out my burner name. It's not like I'm planning to go, but just in case, uh, we are now aware that I. And she called me. She didn't even call me Billy when she saw me ask the end. She said she called. Me, she said. Buddha Steakhouse. Buddha Steakhouse. So that's, that's my burner name is Buddha Steakhouse. That's awesome. Yeah. I like it. That's fun. 
That's fun. I recommend Burning Man. It's a great way to learn about yourself real quickly. I don't have a desire to go, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in my life I end up at Burning Man once. Cool. Um, Just because, Christ, it sounds interesting. Uh, I just, I don't know. I want to be able to shower. After day three and no showering, I feel like I've just... It's fun. Or if you go with the right camp and you... You can bring your portable shower. No, people actually have like these whole shower systems. Like I've always been with a camp that has a shower. So mm-hmm. I'm spoiled. Spoiled. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. a spoiled burner. You know, I, when I was looking you up to like get in touch with you again, right? After all these years. Yeah. Um, I see the pictures you did like this, that photo shoot, you know, um, I think, I guess in your apartment or something, it was a photo. It was like, um, like a, oh yeah, I think you had like a dress on and it wasn't like your, um, festival type okay. shots, right? It's the one where you're. A lot of close-ups of like leg and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the one about my body hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, cat looks good. Oh, like, whoa. You. Like, whoa. <gasps> I, I was like, whoa. She's like looking like a babe. Yeah. And then I did see the the armpit hair, and I was like, okay, so that that's where she's at. And then that's how I started to realize, oh, she's in the whole burner scene. Now yeah. it started making sense. But uh, so tell, tell us. So you've got very impressive. Uh, yeah. Joy of armpit hair. I love it. Um, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, it's not super recent, but I do. I support again. I support what people want to do with their bodies. Right. Um, if it's truly to shave, like I've been shaving my legs again, and oh, you know, okay. I mean, they're not like super clean right now. But and so why why the legs versus the armpits? I genuinely feel sexy with my armpit hair. Like it makes oh. me feel sexy. I love it. Um, and that's really what that project was about was like i feel like we have this view often that people who have armpit hair are either super crunchy hippies or they're lesbians like people assume these things or, i don't i've never yeah. assumed that lesbians have armpit hair i, I reserved that for crunchy hippies okay crunchy hippies and i kind of just wanted to show this other option where you can be anything that you want and still have armpit hair you uh-huh. know i feel that you can have any hair. Like, you're a mammal. We're mammals. We have hair. And it's so silly to me that because one of, like, because of the gender that we perform, we're expected to either groom or not. And it's crazy to me that now men are kind of being expected to groom as well. I think if you really... I do it for myself. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't want it. Like, I do a trim downstairs just because yeah. I'm like... I don't want to see a big bush on myself. And that's awesome. Like if you are genuinely doing it because it's what feels good for you, great. But I think most people have not spent the time to actually reflect on like, hey, I've been shaving my legs since I was 13. Why? Why? Okay. You know, and that's really what I'm calling for as well. Like, did you ever like, have you stepped back and questioned some of these things that you've taken to believe have to be true in order for you to be seen as beautiful, in order for you to be seen as sexually appealing. It's more than just body hair that I have to look at to see if I feel beautiful. Aww. This is yeah. this is way more than that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so just letting people know that it's you can do whatever you want with your body, and if you feel sexy, you're still sexy. Like when I first started not shaving my armpits and doing the work that I do, mm. it's all like Wall Street men and you know, midtown men in their suits. And I was so nervous. They love it. They freak out about it. Like most of them want to like sniff my armpits. They want to touch it. Like they freak out because they've never seen it. It's new. It's exotic. They're like, Uh oh my God, there's someone. And because I carry it with confidence 
because I feel sexy. Okay. Um, so that's really the underneath it all call of like, if you feel sexy, you're sexy, the end, you know? And if that involves you having leg hair as a woman, great. If it doesn't, great. Um, I feel sexiest with my legs shaved, my armpits not shaved, and my, like, pussy hair trimmed mm -hmm. and, like, neatly trimmed into a nice little triangle. I feel great it's like a very that. interesting mix. Yeah. You're, like, unshaved, super shaved, trim. lovely trim. Yeah. Okay. And, like, that's genuinely when I look in the mirror or just feel in my <laughs> body, um, I feel great. I feel awesome. So that's what I do. Huh. Um, and yeah, but cats. For that's armpit hair. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it is a block for people, but I invite you to also really like look into that one for yourself. Like, who is it in you? Like, what voice is it in your head that is telling you that a woman should not have armpit hair? I'm sure it's it's you know TV and print and all that. But here's the thing: like, I don't mind if the girl hasn't shaved. I mean, I I I'd feel uncomfortable if her leg hair was longer than mine. But I don't mind if she's got some leg hair. I don't mind if she what her downstairs is, all that jazz. I don't know what it is. The armpit is the is a block and a hairy asshole. But that's just I don't want. I think any hair. I don't even like my asshole. Yeah, hairy. it's that. But yeah, I don't know why the armpit is like a it's a block for me. Yeah, as long as you know it's a block Ugh. for you, and then not telling other people to do other things. With their I know bodies. I'm not. I'm sitting here. I'm not sitting here. Yeah, by yeah, the yeah. way, before you leave, you're gonna have to go shave your yeah, fucking yeah. armpits. Well, no, I, but it's just like. I don't know. I don't know why that's a... Yeah, I invite you to explore it. I mean, you think about it, like, when we were tribal humans that just started existing, no one shaved. No, I like to, I like to believe that our, our cave ancestors, like, a, the, the women shaved the armpits. There's that's no just way. in my mind when There's I like no to picture way. it. It looks better to me. I don't no, know why. No, we were warm <laughs> mammals. We were probably so hairy. And also, on top of it all, like, the industry of forcing especially women and now also men into or manipulating women and men into believing that they have to attain a certain level of physical perfection in a very specific way is a huge money-making enterprise like they have worked very very hard to convince us that we should not feel sexy unless we are perfectly groomed unless we have the perfect face the perfect hair and they sell us a lot of things in order for us to attain, you know, that perfection. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like when we step outside of that and remember where we came from and remember our roots and remember that we are beautiful and perfect and whole exactly as we are, we realize that we don't need so many of the things that they've been selling to us yeah. for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what the call is, too. All right. It's like, go on with your bad self, do whatever you want. There's a project you're working on, yes. and um, you know I've got more than eh, on the first two. I read it. The reading was fine. Cool. Reading, I was all cool. I was on board. I'm like right on with your bad self, and I kept scrolling down. So you have a Tumblr thing. Um, you were what, so tell me tell me about this project that okay. you are doing. Yeah. So I actually haven't released this to the public yet, okay. but I guess I'll drop oh, it this, around. This is break, guys, in exclusive. Exclusive, breaking news. <laughs> um, but I've, I've been sending it around to different of my, like a couple of my friends. And um, so, yeah, I guess I'm a little. But, Go ahead. No, ask questions. No, it's my own. Per so wait, the pictures, was that you for the first one? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So you got to see my bloody vagina. That's the thing. It's on the Internet. Everyone can see it. Um, okay. 
So this happened when I had this moment where I was on my period and I bled down my leg in my apartment. And my first reaction was to kind of like, oh shit, I have to go take care of that. And then I looked at it and I've been, you know, working to heal a lot of this stuff for a while, but I looked at it and I was like, that's actually beautiful. Why am I freaking out about that? And then I was just like, luckily I live in a super open, sex positive, body positive house. And I was like, guys, look how beautiful this is. And then I went to go, you know, clean it up and take care of it. And I realized that um, I needed pictures of it. So I took pictures of it. And and then I started thinking about um, another kind of lie that we're sold, especially, I mean, you, you can't understand it because you're not a woman. You don't have your period. But you really spend a lot of time hiding it and feeling ashamed of bleeding once a month, you know. And there's varying intensities of levels in certain cultures and certain areas um you're genuinely like ostracized for the time that you're bleeding you're not even allowed to touch other people to eat meals at the same table oh, yeah and um, the bible was uh you can't lay with the while she's on her period she's got to like go you can't lay with her during that time yeah um and i think there's some of that that pervades in our society and it's another way that women's bodies are policed and you know it's like I was made this way. I don't know why, but I bleed once a month. I'm okay with it. You should be okay with it too. You're not the one that has to do it. Um, and really, it's um, such a beautiful time of cleansing for the body of the woman mm. and can also be a time of cleansing for the you know, emotional, mental, spiritual, whatever body of the woman as well. She's really tapped in. Like It's a special time to go within, to really be in our bodies, to feel more intensely. Um, but we have been really, really, really sold this idea that it is dirty, it's unclean, that you know we're really difficult around this time, and we've... That you love ice cream yeah, around... Yeah, I do love sun. ice cream, oh, and I do love chocolate. Um, <laughs> For four days a month, I will tear into Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, I'll, I'll use that as an excuse. But um, so really, you know, we've kind of been taught to hide our periods. You know, I watch women take their whole purse to the bathroom rather than taking a, a tampon, tampon out yeah. and being like, I'm going to go to the bathroom now because I have my period and being willing to even talk about that. And I've watched so many men be like, I don't want to hear about that. And it's like, well, this is something that happens in my life and I can't talk about it with you. Why? Again, it comes into mm-hmm. really questioning like, where do those feelings come from? Um, so when I took these photos, I was just like, all right, well now I have to share them with the world because, and I'm inviting other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, to really kind of exactly flip the script of like instead of hiding this um, this process and feeling shame about this process, I'm going to openly share it with the world. Um, and I kind of vision this and hope for this to be something similar to Post Secret for bleeding pussies, okay. um, where you know people can send in photos anonymously. I have had one submission so far other than my own and she actually did this beautiful painting with her blood and sent it in and I was super pumped about it and I have a couple other friends who have told me that they're like in the works of making something and they're going to submit something. I'm going to submit. I just, I got to wait like another yeah, 14 wait, days. Like 14 it's, days. <laughs> sorry. I'll be in. It's sadly not one of the things you can submit just willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, you have to kind of have some forethought. Um, so... Really, I hope that at some point it reaches women who have never thought about these things and who are like, wait, yeah, I'm going to send this photo in. You know, it's, it doesn't have to show their face. It doesn't have to show any incriminating information about them. Unless um, they have like a really, really like just specific. Yeah, super specific. 
yeah, labia. <laughs> um, but really just giving women this platform to share that part of themselves and to have that catharsis. Um, yeah, that catharsis. And our blood and the way that they say, um, this is where blood sacrifice came from. Okay. Uh, way back when. Do tell. The, I know nothing. Yeah, the women would sacrifice their blood to the crops and to the earth. Okay. okay um, earth yeah, to out. the earth. I was pointing up because I yeah. thought you were going to say moon goddess, but then I was like, oh, well, yeah, Well, that's wrong also way. a thing. Um, you know, we are very connected to the moon in the way of we bleed every 28 days. It's a lunar cycle. Um, there are 13 lunar cycles in a year. And that's how many, usually, if we're regular, that we have. So many women that I know sync up with either the new moon or the full moon. Um, and that's how it was all the time before artificial light. People s totally just synced right up with the cycles of the moon. They bled together in tribal societies, um, you know, and they gave their blood back to the earth. And it was beautiful. And it was not thought of as unclean in any way. And then at some point, blood sacrifice became violent, and it was no longer the women's, and it involved killing. And I'm not sure exactly how that shift took place, but kind of is uh, around the same time as the rise of the patriarchy and really um, pushing the power of women down. And I think a key factor truly in reawakening to that power is women stepping up and being proud of their blood being proud of what it means mm -hmm. to be a woman, um, whatever that means to them. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone that. But saying, yeah, I bleed every month, and it's beautiful. And collecting it, doing things with it, giving it back to the earth. Um, what does that mean, giving it back to the earth? What are you, yeah, are just you like, like planning a... Just offering it back to the earth. Um, literally, like I collect my blood in a moon cup, which okay. is like people don't know about it it's way better for you than tampons that are bleached and have weird chemicals oh is that the one the cup you put inside I, yeah I, you saw it because you saw the pictures oh <laughs> I, oh no did I, you not I, look at the pictures I, I knew what I was gonna see when I was scrolling and then I I was like you can do this I uh, I called I called someone over. I was like, hold my hold my fucking hand. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, man. Okay, and I I looked and I was okay, and uh, but I didn't I didn't detail. But um, there's there's someone at the party on Saturday who had. She's like, just one moment, I gotta go take the cup out. I was like, cup, okay, cup. yeah. Don't. Um. So yeah, it's just a little cup. It's a silicone cup called Moon Cup. Also, Diva Cup is another. Uh, I'm gonna plug that, I guess. Plug Diva Cup. I promise. Is there is there one you prefer more? I prefer Moon Cup. Moon personally. Cup. Fuck Diva Cup. Is yeah, that I like no? them both, but yeah, if I had to endorse one, I've had more luck with the Moon Cup. Okay. Um, but I'm sure everything it's personal preference. But seriously, they're like thirty bucks, and you can use them for life. Um, it's okay. high grade medical silicone, so you're saving money. And just collects. It collects yeah. the blood. You change it a couple times a day. You can just pour it right down the toilet. I like to collect mine in a jar, and then water my plants with it. Okay. Or give it back to the earth in some other way. It's really great for your plants, actually. It's good for a lot of things. Um, now, is, now, is that from, like, uh, anecdotal evidence, or have you, like, read something saying, like... I wouldn't say that I've had, like, <laughs> studies or scientific... I don't think they're doing scientific studies about the effects of menstrual blood There's on plants. There's some scientist who's, like, really wants it, just can't get the funding, yeah. poor guy. Yeah, I think it's like <laughs> that, so... Because um, I, I wanted to say, when you were saying all this stuff about, like, the patriarchy and, and the, the history behind it... You're not just someone coming up with this. You are a learned woman, so it's yeah. You know, I to the listeners who are like, "Oh, this is just some annoying chick just saying shit." No, she's she's read. You've read a book or two. Yeah, yeah. you know, in so, my day, I've, yeah. I know how to read. <laughs> uh, 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 
There, there's some guys who are really upset about it, but uh, God damn it, she can read. Yeah, yeah. I can read. Um, yeah, you know, so. I've studied a lot of these things, not only experientially, <gasps> but also academically um, when I was at NYU. And that's really what I... St- I mean, it's not exactly what I studied, but... Um, it tied in and you know philosophy psychology ancient texts ancient religions Mm -hmm. um shamanism art uh kind of all rolled into one like how do we transform ourselves um and this is a part of that this is a piece of that i think coming back to a more ceremonial and kind of almost ritualistic way of being just but personal ritual Mm -hmm. you know not having to subscribe to anything but just really like taking time slowing down taking care of ourselves um and i think being mindful and i feel like our blood like women doing just little blood ceremonies by themselves such a what would if i if i was a woman tell me what would i do to do a blood ceremony i would tell you to listen to your heart and to really find what feels good the first time that i ever gave my blood back to the earth was in lake atilan in guatemala and um i just sang songs and i painted my face with my blood and then i poured it into the lake okay and that's what i did i think it's whatever feels good to you there's like no one right way of doing things that's something that i'm pretty committed to Mm -hmm. um so yeah everyone can also say fuck you i don't want to do any of that but i think if you try it you might like it and i think just like healing our relationship to our blood to our wombs to our bodies um, as women, that's really what's happening now and that's what is being called for, um, is for us to stand up and be like, hey, I'm actually perfect just the way that I am in all of my bloody vagina glory and fuck you if you're gonna tell me otherwise, you know? And being willing to say no, to say yes, to follow our pleasure, to, you know, have orgasms, to, have body hair if we want it, not have body hair if we want it. Really just breaking the mold of feeling like we have to look and act and be a certain way. Um, and that's really kind of my personal rebellion is to just be a fierce woman that remembers where I came from um, and that my roots are much older than this modern society would like me to think and this fierce chick comes with war paint sometimes (laughs) (laughs) sometimes Uh, yeah wow wow um if so so if people want to go check out the 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 tumblr the tumblr right what what is uh it's so it's pride of blood dot tumblr dot tumblr dot com okay um anything else you want to be plugging do you want to plug the can people listen in might live in the greater new york area and they're interested in tantra they uh yeah with or without the rolled r you know they uh (laughs) um yeah i mean people can totally give me an email if they're i'm i feel good about that um if they're into it my email for things like that is lion hearted hearted healer healer I, don't I love know. all. I love. <laughs> I love all the words yeah. in that email, um, and then I also love them all put together. Totally at gmail.com. <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, if so they're yeah. interested in in maybe experiencing a one on one tantra yeah, session, yeah, people are interested in one on one sessions, maybe if, a workshop. Maybe yeah. they want to host a workshop with friends, all bachelorette party, great bachelorette party. Oh, bachelorette tantra. party! Actually, that'd be awesome. <laughs> How awesome would that? That'd be way better than going to 
Well, no, I'm not going to say don't go to comedy shows. Fuck it. We need your business. Um, it, way better than going to Vegas and putting dicks yeah, on your head. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of my secret goal <laughs> is to like be raising, not only doing my one-on-one sessions with men and healing them in that way, but like kind of cultivating this army of women yeah. who are, yeah, just whole and know that they're whole because um, we're all whole already. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love that. Um, so, yeah, shoot me an email and... Uh, yeah, one-on-one sessions, workshops. That all sounds great. Yeah, awesome. I don't have a website yet because baby steps. Hey, yeah, I, baby steps. Yeah, I don't, my, <laughs> my website's hard. <laughs> my, yeah, my website's still in in, in the works too. Yeah, I feel you. It's, it's happening. Hard. Uh, you you, cat, <laughs> mind blown. Fucking awesome. Thank you. Um, I was expecting to like have to to suppress more kind of jerkish hippy dippy jokes but i didn't have those for Yay. most of the time i was just like i'm i learned a lot i think my listeners learned many things cool. this was super cool um you have become a very fierce badass chick uh since the days i know you but who was still pretty badass back then for like a 20 year old <laughs> 19 i think i was 19 i forget yeah, yeah i think i was i was 20 oh yeah you're a year older okay cool. yeah 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 i was <laughs> yeah uh, since since that one fateful night oh. at one year, this is Pulp Fiction. <laughs> very yeah, yeah. It's um something that I've worked on cultivating, being able to speak to people about these things in a way that is not ah too like oh and then this and this and this. You know, I want to be able to be on be the taken earth seriously. and be taken seriously yeah. and show that I've put a lot of thought into this. And I'm a skeptic. You know, I'm not very easily swayed pretty unbelieving of mm-hmm. most things so the things that i choose to actually put my words behind are things that i've spent a lot of time researching and thought about for quite some time so yeah well thank you for sharing your words thank you for sharing your energy here Yay. today uh it's really awesome you're a fantastical fantastical, fantastical gal. thank you super fantastical um so awesome uh this was great uh say, say goodbye to our lovely listeners bye everyone thanks for listening <laughs> all right see you next week everyone cool or for i'll i'll see you guys in five seconds when i do the outro but yeah later cool. okay well hashtag mind blown right there that is whoa awesome show like i said i think that might be that's easily up there in my in my top five if it's not my my favorite already totally awesome again if you want again if you want to check out cat's project or if you want to submit your own um pussy blood picture (laughs) go over uh to prideofblood.tumblr.com check that out uh not safe for work very not safe for work but uh, do it uh, also, and if you're interested in one-on-one tantra sessions with Kat, with with Candy Lion, you live in uh, the greater New York City area, uh, you can email her with any questions or queries at lionheartedhealer at gmail.com. That is lionheartedhealer, one word, at gmail.com. Speaking of emails, uh, make sure you're on the, the mailing list for the show. You can sign up for that over at www.manwhorepod.com. Again, that's where you're going to find out all your Man Whore Podcast news first. Those pe- those folks are the first ones who had to jump at the Man Whore Podcast condoms. And you can be part of that list, too. 
Or if you just want to say hi to me via email, you can uh, email me at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Say hello. Let me know what you're thinking about the show. If you want to do that a little bit more publicly, come over and uh, say hi on Twitter at TheBillyProceda. Use the hashtag ManHorrePodcast. That way we all know what you're talking about, because if you didn't use a hashtag, I mean, the fuck are we doing here anyway? If you're not already, please uh, make sure you subscribe to the show over on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn, all that jazz. If you care to write a review, a rating... Preferably positive, but so long as it's honest, it's always very much appreciated. Helps other people find the show, keeps bumping us up and consistently into the top 20, top 10 sexuality podcasts on iTunes. Uh, I'm still feeling miserable because uh, you, when I talked about being sick, that was two minutes ago. So not too much progress yet. Work on it, modern medicine. Make it happen. <laughs> Until then, I'm going to try to get better. You guys, stay slutty. Stay slutty.